On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick have to break out a special topic on Andor because the Star Wars well is running dry as we wait for the show's new September release. Worry not, though, because they'll still talk about Disney Plus Day and its meager Star Wars offerings, as well as the fact that Bad Batch S2 is not listed in Disney Plus's September releases. Gamers will get some updates, too, as the KOTOR remake saga has taken another turn, and hopefully one for the better. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewie! everybody that is the type of intro you can expect on the star wars time show every tuesday live on youtube youtube.com slash star wars time show 2 30 p east give or take 10 15 minutes you never know we were we were going on and on about shit we were watching there i forgot that the intro wrapped uh, like 30 seconds ago so hey everybody i got my way too tight kenobi shirt on because i've packed on some pounds this summer being immobile but still love it thank you adrian makes me look large see that's the trick my friends especially if you're short so if you're short and fat it may seem like an oxymoron to buy small size shirts but it is the way to go I can tell you right now, you, you're going to look better as a sausage casing <laughs> than you will with an, a, a too long, larger size shirt. You know, Nick's probably like, hey, man, just, just get a medium. I'd be like, it, you're I, not wrong, Nick, but I'm short. A medium <laughs> shirt on me almost goes to my knees, yeah. okay? I, so then you, you'd have that, that air space around the stomach, so you'd still look fat anyways. It would get tight around the waist, and then you, you have more fabric that goes to your knees and just kind of makes you look silly. So a few years back, I opted to just smaller bust. It doesn't matter what article of clothing. If it's going on my top, it is a small. And it, I look ridiculous in some of them, but I don't care. I, um, I uh, buy those shirts now that are like, they they're like shaped differently, so it like accentuates like your your yeah the dad bod body. shirts right is it yeah. the dad bod shirts yeah I don't know what the like the brand that I buy is called like uh Kingston or something Kingstead um like those are really nice but like I wear see I still I yeah. I mean it's not like you're a it's not like you're minute bowl or anything, but you are taller than me. So I think you yeah. can get away with doing a medium or something. And the length doesn't look ridiculous. Oh no, so. I wear large shirts. Like okay. I, my, my upper body is too wide for mediums. Like, Oh my, just, mine too. But it's like I said, it just, I don't know. I, I almost feel safer when I can feel my shirt touching every square inch of my belly you know what i mean like it's just it's like a, a baby's being swaddled in a blanket i think it has something to do with that so who knows i'm up to 50 percent weight bearing on the leg so one of these days i'll be able to get back into the home gym and really start kicking my ass again but it just shit went off the rails there when i was down in hilton head a few weeks ago just kind of sitting in the condo all day yet eating 
like I was an active person and would be able to work out a week after the vacation. And that's not the case. <laughs> so it's all just kind of collected itself down here. And I'm getting ready to do the truffle shuffle again. Goonies fans like, oh, yeah. like I could easily get a good truffle shuffle going on right now. <laughs> but it'll come off at some point in time. This week, 75%. Next week, 100%. Maybe in two weeks, I'll be able to drive again. I'm almost back to being one notch above subhuman. So that's good. That's good. Nice. Nice. Many months to go before I'm on the one wheel again, re-breaking my leg. But uh, just knowing that putting the fucking crutches down within the next two weeks, that, that's going to be a huge QOL, as we say it, improvement. Okay, my friend, well, you know, uh, I, I think you kind of teased it in your top five post yesterday, but, uh, and, and it shouldn't be new to anyone that is uh, kind of keeping their ear to the ground for Star Wars news throughout the week in between SWTS episodes, but this past week was damn near dead. Uh, we got some movement in the Star Wars universe this morning, so we, we, we have a few more topics than we thought. But uh, for the most part, they're, they're PSA type of shit. Maybe get a little speculation here or there. It's just the Star Wars well has runneth dry, as they say. And, you know, some of that's because Andor got pushed back. Who knows what's going on with Bad Batch Season 2. We're going to talk about that here today. Uh, so this is going to be one of those uh, SWTS special topic type of episodes. One we have not, we haven't done one of these, uh, I think, since May when we... Um, kind of paid respects to AOTC. So we've got that yeah. plan. We're, we're going to go through Nick's top five once and Matt's top five once in Andor S1. So we've got that coming up. But first things first, my friend, it's time to take the fans through a tour of Matt and Nick's pop culture life. <laughs> All right. So if you are on the live stream here, you can see we've got the, uh, the, the poster here for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, which hit Disney Plus last week. I believe this is a Thursday dropper, so Disney's oh, almighty Wednesday release day apparently is starting to get some kinks in the armor. But um, I'll tell you what. I, I had no, you know, I had nothing really going into She-Hulk. I, I planned to watch it. I'm not one of these people who's like, fuck you, the CG looks like shit. I was like, hey, whatever. I pay for Disney Plus. I want that, that uh, first party content that you can't get anywhere else. You might as well check it out. 37 minute opening. It's a little, a little sketchy, but threw it on there, Nick. And it, it, it's a pretty good little Marvel show. I mean, I don't know jack shit about She-Hulk. Uh, but what was nice about episode one is it's more or less a a 30 minute. Um, what do they used to call it? Pilot. When uh, no, when you introduce a superhero, what, what's their first oh, origin movie usually story. called? There origin you go. Story. That's it. Yeah. That's again. That's why we pay this guy. Yeah. yeah it's basically a, a, a quick origin story. So you get a lot of Hulk Hulk, Mark Ruffalo and Smart Hulk in it as well as She-Hulk. And I, I don't know, I just dig that type of stuff. I'll be honest, that the CG does look a little goofy at times, but it's nothing that is going to ruin things for you. And I, 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 I like the flow of the origin story and how it, it was a bit atypical. You know, you kind of had Hulk trying to force his way and, and his experiences on his cousin, and he learned that, you know what? Not every superhero fits the same mold, pal. 
So it's a good little story in there, and I kind of like the way it ended with her having to do some things. So I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll keep on it. But like, I watch all this shit, so I'm not usually the best critic for this type of stuff. I, I really, I don't know if I have jelly in my head, Nick, and I, I just am <laughs> brainless when it comes to this type of content. Um, but it, it, as long as I don't feel myself feeling dirty watching it or falling asleep, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to dig into this type of stuff. So She-Hulk will stay on the watching schedule. Nice. Okay. Nice. I have not seen it. Well, I, I know you're, you're boycotting <laughs> Marvel. So I didn't, I wasn't even going to ask. <laughs> <But> <laughs> th- this one is many, many MCU shows down the rungs for you. I know. So, um, uh, the, the other thing, and Nick, I, I do want you to check this one out. And I actually think you could talk Taylor into this one. Okay. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time because it is old. I believe this came out in March. But I finally had three hours of just time to kill to sit down and watch RRR on Netflix. Which uh, what is, is this, that? It's some, dude, it's some, I, I don't know. I, I can't even tell you the genre. I mean, obviously, it, it's Bollywood-esque. Uh, but being someone that has never watched a Bollywood movie, I, I don't really know if this is what all Bollywood is like. All I can tell you is that RRR is one of the most epic pieces of cinema, one of the most unique pieces of cinema I've ever seen. Outside of having to read subtitles, it is, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies of 2022, if not in the past few decades. My friend, it, Nick, I'm t- it, it's something when you watch it, if you're not used to watching these types of films, the whole time you're just going to be going like, what? Like, what is, what is going on? Oh, you do this in this movie? You do that? I mean, we're talking killer action scenes. They, they like hum chant some of the movie. And by hum chant, I mean, like, they started fighting, Baba. he took his spear, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. The, they do, like, Bollywood dance numbers in the middle of the plot when it's, like, there, there is a plot, but it's not really about dancing. All I can tell you is this is a piece of cinema I think anyone that enjoys filmmaking or watching movies needs to watch. I'll leave it at that. It's it's almost too hard to explain. From what I've read, apparently these two characters do have some ties to Indian lore. This 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 Ramu and and Bean character. Um, but any other expl- explanation I could try to do just wouldn't. It would be a disservice to this film. It's not like a it's not like a Hot Shots Part Two. Okay, it's not like a slapsticky movie. It actually is a serious movie, and there's a serious plot. And it, and it kind of deals with the, uh, you know, uh, the, the Great Britain and its colonialism at that time and, and the Raj and how the Indian people didn't want the Brits there. So it, there's like real stuff to it, but it's so fantastical. It almost feels like a like a superhero movie on steroids. So, like I said, if you got three hours and you're willing to, to deal with subtitles, some of it is in English because, you know, obviously the. The Brits are there, but it, 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 you have to watch it. Like you just, you have to check it out. You're either going to hate me for wasting three hours of life or you're be like, you know what, dude, I'm glad you, you kind of pushed me over that cliff. The likelihood uh, of me watching that is next to 0%, <laughs> but I appreciate the recommendation. 
I'm it's telling just because you, it, we don't sit down for that long to really watch. Yeah. Well, you know, may, maybe schedule it into a two-nighter. Do an hour and a half, <laughs> hour and a half, something like that. But it, it looks silly. It sounds silly. Just, if, if anything, Nick, do me a solid and watch the trailer on Netflix or watch the trailer on YouTube. Because that's what first got me to hit play. Because you're just watching this going, this looks fucking crazy. Like, I, I need to check this out. So... Some of the best action I've seen in, in decades. I mean, they, they make American movie action scenes these days seem tame and silly and nothing but big explosions. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, this for you parents out there. Uh, checked out Secret Headquarters on Paramount Plus this weekend. And while, you know, young, whatever the hell his name's in here, this Walker Scoble, Will Scoble, he was great in... The Adam Project, and he's good in this one, and this one is okay. It definitely is no The Adam Project. But if you've got younger kids, you know, kids in middle school, and you need something to sit down and check out together, you can find worse things than Secret Headquarters, starring Owen Wilson on Paramount Plus. Okay? It's kind of like alien introduce Iron Man technology type of movie and last but not least this is just your PSA for your two dudes at the Star Wars time show and all the hard work they do make sure to check out our short form content YouTube shorts TikTok at Star Wars time show on Instagram this past week we did a quick cap and review of Star Wars number 26 where we learned that Crimson Dawn had spies on the second Death Star so fuck those boffins were they the ones that really got the secrets from Mon Mothma, or was it Kira? Um, we teased the Grand Inquisitor Hot Toys figure. Check that one out from Kenobi. And then lastly, this past week since the, the last time we talked, we also quick captain review Han Solo and Chewbacca number five, one of the most boring Star Wars comic book runs I have the pleasure to read. All right, just know <laughs> that Greedo shoots first. And uh, Maz Kanata did a little jail time with her buddy Chewbacca. That's about the only relevant things to come out of Han and Chewie number five. All right, good, sir. I think that was a, a pretty good tour of the pop culture verse. Is there anything that the fans need to know that I missed? I didn't watch shit. So uh, Nick is meditating I'm, these I'm, days. He's I'm going covered. full, full cord cutting. He, he yeah. doesn't believe in streaming or electricity anymore. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I didn't I didn't watch anything. So, uh, yeah, I think you hit you hit everything that is remotely important. I guess for those of you who who want to know, neither of us watched the House of the Dragon thing. So we'll get to that eventually. Oh yeah, that's right. We we both skipped the uh, the Game of Thrones premiere or Game of Thrones prequel part two. Yeah. So hey there. Uh, we'll get to it eventually, but we haven't oh, watched it. Got the little ones back from school. You got in. Yeah. All right, you gotta if you want to get on camera, you gotta lean in a little. There you are. Uh, you got your Grogu. Yes. I was showing in my Kenobi shirt and how it's too tight now. Dad, I'm trying to get full Grogu just like my robe and PJs and my slippers. I love it. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. All right. Well, it's good to see you. I did the cat boxes for you. Okay. Wasn't that nice? All right. Back to back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. All three lady. things. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It's um, <laughs> and like you said, we we got two of those things today. 
So. Yeah. So <laughs> the first one here, Nick, I guess there, there's a little we could speculate on, maybe get some angry Star Wars fanish on it. And that is what is looking like the Disney Plus Day 2022 schedule. And just like last year, it, instead of putting out a schedule, they should have just put up two middle fingers and then underneath that Star Wars fans. So it would read, fuck you, Star Wars fans. You know what I mean? I, I think that like Disney Plus Day, I see what they, I mean, like I get why there's no Star Wars things. They have a whole fucking half week long convention dedicated to Star Wars where they went over everything. So they're yeah, like, do but, we need do we need to go over it again two months later? <laughs> yeah, it's I, I get what you're saying. But if you're trying to keep people interested in a pay channel and a lot of those people are Star Wars nuts, wouldn't you throw them at least two bones on Disney Plus Day? I, would I mean, I know we'd be interested to see if like Disney Plus is like a like I wonder what percentage of people like are there for Star Wars. Cause I think that like, it's a lot of parents who like just have Disney shit on yeah, in the background. I, but would you are, would you agree with me that without the Mandalorian there, Disney plus may not be as successful as it is today. That's a hard question. Cause I, I, I really don't know if it would have affected it that much. It definitely would have affected the immediate number of people who subscribed but I think right. that even even if it was like a later release, it would still like they've now surpassed Netflix in terms of total number of subscribers. I think that it, it still would have gotten there. It just would have taken a little bit more time. But yeah. Yeah, like, I just I, I, hey, listen, I'm, I'm a narcissistic Star Wars <laughs> fan. I'll defend it until I die or turn blue in the face, whichever comes first. So I, I just believe that without the Star Wars content. Disney Plus takes a pretty legit hit in subscribers. So if you're going to have a Disney Plus day, why not give us a reach around every once in a while besides behind the scenes documentaries, which, hey, I, we love them. We talk about them all the time. We love them here. But give us something like give us something, at least tickle our tits, as we like to say. So Disney Plus day, as we lament it, it is going to be September 8th. And so far, the only Star Wars thing releasing on Disney Plus Day is going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, which is essentially, it looks like they've, they've gone away from the Disney gallery thing, or maybe that's only for The Mandalorian, but all this is, and trust me, I got a little excited too when I saw A Jedi's Return, I'm like, oh shit, are they like stealth dropping a, like a stealth episode of Kenobi, but then... I'm stupid and realize, no, it's just for the BTS. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, the fact that they even made a poster for the making of Obi-Wan Kenobi, clearly they, they, they've put some time and money into this. I think it's going to be a great behind-the-scenes featurette. It's probably going to hit the feels more than a lot of these BTS have done because of the era and the characters it's going to deal with. The actors you're going to see that, you know, some of you grew up with the prequel cast. Those are your dudes and dudettes. So, hey, that's going to be great. But like I said, if we pull down here to the schedule, Nick, that's it. Like, I mean, Thor Love and Thunder releases that day. The making of Thor uh, Love and Thunder releases that day. 
it's something I've been waiting for, and I know Nick has been waiting for. He's been tweeting about it. The Frozen 1 and 2 sing-alongs are dropping (laughs) on September 8th. Here's another one that we should all get excited for and re-up Disney+. Plus. Dancing with the Stars, the pro's most memorable dances. That is the type of content that I want to pay for and that I am happy they're increasing our subs for. I mean, this is what our increases have gotten us. The Pinocchio movie, remembering whatever the fuck that is. Another Simpsons short. Tierra Incognita, right? I know you were looking at that one. I mean, pretty exciting lineup for Disney Plus Day, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. But like Nick said, at this point, they've already ensnared us. Unless you're not a lazy asshole, you're probably not canceling your subs in between Star Wars series, so they're getting paid regardless. And this is the type of content we get to celebrate the channel. So, be happy, right? Be happy. Hey. I mean, could, couldn't we get, like, a, an intro to Bad Batch Season 2 or a check-in on Bad Batch Season 2, something it like that? It says and more. Maybe there oh, will yeah. yeah, well, that's like <laughs> last year. The and more was, like, a two-year-old investor's uh, sizzle <laughs> for Kenobi. Like, oh, we're making Kenobi again. I mean, that, that's what we got last year. That and the 18-minute uh, Boba Fett kind of this is boba fett and why people like him because i think disney plus day last year was in november or some shit so yeah yeah it was like i don't know hey i'm being a fucking troll it's all good it's just like i don't know i i figure if marvel's getting multiple things you would think star wars the other big tent pole might get multiple things too but the forever optimist here, he does think the and more is essentially saying and more star wars do 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 to that point, it may not be Star Wars. I don't really care because I, I don't watch it on release anyway. So if what's it comes growing out, up is that is that another Adam Sandler movie or those that's Grown uh, Ups? Growing up, yeah, is not Adam Sandler. Grown Ups is Adam Sandler, and I think that Adam Sandler still has his exclusivity deal going with, with Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, he's but, probably uh, looking to get the fuck out of that. I mean, yeah. Netflix is going to hell in a handbag. Yeah, they're. I don't know. I mean. They, I don't know what their strategy is, but they've fallen behind Disney Plus in terms of their overall subscriber numbers. I believe it's the first time ever that a streaming I, platform has surpassed. I Netflix. think their last two quarterly updates, you know, they lost two million at one, and I believe they lost another million at the other. So, yeah. I mean, and, I called yeah, that looking, a while not looking ago. good. I call I called that when Disney Plus and stuff launched because they don't they can't capitalize off of other people's content anymore because everybody has their own streaming service so like it's weird i still find myself probably spending the most time on netflix either watching completely mindless shit finding gems like rrr uh, going through the sandman right now i think that's one of the reasons we skipped house of the dragons like might as well let a few episodes build up while we're finishing the sandman but I, i i'm still probably on netflix the most and surprisingly, Nick, Paramount plus second. And it's because, you know, this summer being locked up and basically laid up because of my leg, I just went nuts with reruns of anything Ink Master, like 
Ink Master proper, Ink Master fucking Revenge, and Ink Master Girls, whatever. And now, like a brainless moron, I'm I'm watching John Taffer go through and rescue uh. bars. <laughs> it's like I dude, I'm paying ten bucks a month to watch reruns of fucking stupid reality TV. Oh, you pay and for I'm the loving ad. It. You you pay for the no ad tier. Damn straight I do. That's yes. 10 big ones so you know I can get right back to the action after John Taffer shows up and the owner's all fucked up. You know I don't have to wait for the commercial. I can get right to him yelling at the owner being all drunk trying to save their business. So yeah, I'm I'm a jerk off. What do you want me to say? I I uh, <laughs> I wrote an article on cutting the cord probably 5 6 years ago on Entertainment Buddha before it died. And I have now become that asshole that probably pays more than a cable subscription because I have 500 streaming apps that I I may or may not use or know about. I think that somebody put out like a calculation recently that was like, if you subscribe to all of the different uh, (laughs) streaming platforms, it's like $150 a month, which is basically the same that you would have paid for cable. You know, I I mean... I would still rather pay that because I, I am kind of a la carting and getting the yeah. content I want versus being forced to get Fox News and subsidize that poison. But I, I do that anyways because I got YouTube TV. So it's like, why that not? Is one thing I that I do not like. I don't have any of the live TV services. I like I have I have Paramount Plus that I have the ad supported tier for. I have Netflix. I have who like the Hulu Disney Plus ESPN bundle. And then we have HBO Max for free from our internet provider. And then and then we have Apple TV Plus. So that's a good I, spread. I'm pretty low on ter- in terms of like what my monthly is because I don't like we don't pay for like any of the ones that have ad supported tiers. We have the ad supported tier and not the premium one. I might even like I don't know if I'll switch to Netflix ad supported or not, but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about ads. It just allows me to like get up and go pee or make a drink I or wonder, something like that. See, it's weird because I feel like not that we're that that different in age, but I feel like people my generation would be better suited for ad supported, where people in your generation can't handle it because you know you probably a generation under you, but they're, they're used to on demand at their fingertips. Give it to me now. I don't want to wait because. But it, it, if you're like, hey, man, could you have to buy ad support or not ad support? I'm always going to go not ad supported because I, I can't fucking stand commercials. So I don't know if that's because I lived longer and ha- was subjected to forced commercials, you know, five minute blocks of the shit back in just air TV days or what. But I, I am I'm always going to be the sucker to spend the extra five dollars to get no ads. Yeah, so, I don't care about ads well, like that's hey. I, yeah, I, I think that you're a more patient man than me. Yeah, because I grew up with regular TV. So I like I was that's what I'm that saying. Like, I, I think I would be I'm programmed. I'm conditioned to deal with commercials, but I can't. It's like I, my, my brain is revolting against its conditioning, saying, no, no, we did this for 30 plus years. No more advertising. So. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Basically, what we said is we spend way too much money on stupid shit that we don't really use, but that is the American way. We believe in capitalism. Spend, spend, spend. 
So as of right now, Disney Plus Day 2022, don't expect much in terms of Star Wars outside of Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, which I will definitely watch and then vomit back up my thoughts on this humble little program you are tuned into right now. So uh, kind of staying on the Disney Plus train and this one, I don't know, I... I'm not surprised by it. I'm not going to say I'm concerned by it, but it is it is definitely something to think about, especially with the Andor delay and Disney Plus Day giving a big fuck you to Star Wars fans. But based on the September release schedule for Disney Plus, Nick, it, I think it is now safe to say that Bad Batch Season 2 is not coming. Even yeah, though we, we talked about that months ago, how someone was in their app, it was legit, it said... 928 but you know shit's changed Andor got pushed back three weeks who knows what type of domino effect that that was going to have but if you if you look at this release schedule for September 28th it's now just listing Life Below Zero, Northern Territories, Minis, Bowtoons, Party Palace Pals, S211, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers Season 2 premiere and Andor Episode 4. Um, I don't... I'm not going to say this is surprising because Nick and I, we've always contended that Disney was never going to run two of its tentpole franchises properties concurrently. Yeah. At least for too long. So with this knowledge in tow now, are you thinking Bad Batch at this point may not release until December, which is when Andor should be coming to an end? Yeah. Do we, I mean, but that's, that's the thing too. Is like, isn't Mando S three December? Uh, no, that that's a hard February twenty three oh, at this that's point. February twenty third. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, if there's nothing in December, then I guess they can push it back to then, or just like have it start the week after Andor ends, because that might be in. Well, yeah. Now that it got pushed out, I mean, it, no, it may it, end in. Like at the end of November, like the last week of November. Right? Um, they they actually put out the schedule, and I I'm I'm pretty sure it's mid December, like December okay. 17 or something. Or so, just fucking just wait till January. Like nobody, like you're not gonna get watchers. We already saw that happen before with like release dates within like once you're in holiday mode, uh, on TV stuff. Like just wait till January, honestly, and then put it out then, and. Or I mean, yeah, I guess I, you can't I, I do that either, right? Because then you're going to have six, if you have 16 Mando. weeks of this show, then you're going to run into Mando no matter when you release it. So I mean, you're you're just kind of fucked no matter what you do at this point because or you're they do have with, four with, months of running. That maybe they do something like what they're doing with Marvel now. I mean, She-Hulk for some reason came out on a Thursday versus a Wednesday. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if it's sexist. But maybe they, they start doing split releases because I, I think we're also aren't we supposed to get Tales of the Jedi this fall, too, or is that next year? I'm, I'm yeah, that was supposed to be uh, this. I think that was supposed to be in September, right? Or it's, it's just fall, soon. I think. I'm doing a quick little research here. It says first episode date 2022. It doesn't yeah, it just says fall 2022 for first aired. Yeah. So, sometime I would imagine maybe October because these are going to be like little shorts just like we Correct. had with Visions. So, maybe they're not too concerned about that because you're not actually like 
establishing canon or or like telling full length stories so maybe they're not too worried about that overlapping something else yeah, and again we we're we're the ones that made up this rule i mean this that's this isn't true. like something <laughs> they, that in the disney plus bible but i mean the service has been around since what 2019 and it's never happened so we're not we're not that far off i mean i don't even think they've um lapped marvel shows it seems they all get their own week to debut, blah, 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 so on and so forth. At so. a certain point, they're going to have to break that just because it seems like Disney Plus is going to be their primary source of content from here on out. Like they're, they're going to be doing less like silver screen in theater movies and they're going to be doing more Disney Plus content because you just make more money from it. Um, all right, so looks they, like they're going to have to break that at some point. Looks like Visions may indeed be now be a spring, so that that does clear a little bit of time this fall. Uh, I, I'm with you though. I, I could see Bad Batch season two kind of being the the gap filler in between the end of Andor and the beginning of the Mandalorian season three. Uh, that would make the most sense to me. It'd give fans kind of something to chew on early twenty three, kind of build up the hype towards the Mandalorian which more than likely will probably release uh, towards the end of February 2023, but that is the date yeah. that John Favreau dropped a celebration. And then, you know, if everything goes well, we, we should be... I wouldn't be surprised if Ahsoka Season 1, hopefully it is going to get more seasons, will take kind of the Kenobi uh, release Fox, window. The March. March yeah, window. like that May, May through June type of deal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bad Batch Season 2... Um, I know we all thought it might be coming out September 28, a week after Andor, but at this point, with all of the Disney Plus September releases being outed, it's not looking very favorable. So we're yeah. going to have to wait a little bit longer to check in with Clone Force 99 and their time jumping season two. How many years in the future? We don't know. Are they going to fold in any stories that revolve around the Alpha to her Omega? I, I still think there's potential there. Why not? They're, the Fett clones? Come on. There's all sorts of stories that could be told there. Cody, we know, is going to be in it. What's going on with Crosshairs? You know, how much of the Imperial Kool-Aid has he, has he drunk by now? And, of course, the big important debates, just like we went through with uh, Boba Fett during the Mandalorian Season 2, how did they have time to paint their armor? Right, Nick? <laughs> that's right. That's you, my biggest, that's the biggest mystery for me. How did they paint their armor? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know that they're just not sitting there in the field with a can of paint, right? How did it happen? We need to know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most important thing uh, in this series is where did they get the paint? How did they apply it? How exactly. long did it take to dry? I mean, come on. They're, 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 they're on, on the run. How could they secure paint without setting off some sort of an alert to the Imperials? Crosshair, you know, probably is keeping tabs on them. Come on! He's got, he's got calls out to all the paint vendors. In all the, the paint in the shops in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, hey, man, somebody comes in here and they buy these paint colors. You let me know. <laughs> it's like, so I don't know. I'm I am you know all jokes aside. I'm looking forward to the Bad Batch. I I quite enjoyed the first season. Uh, we've talked about how it's covering this unknown period of time, which is you know got a little more love through Kenobi. Might get a a dash of love through Andor, even though Andor's you know only five years away from 
the Battle of Yavin, but it, it's still kind of dipping in the in the pre A New Hope timeline. So it's good stuff. Great characters, good interactions, good stories, and if you follow us on YouTube, some decent Easter eggs and top moments. Make sure to tune in to the Star Wars Time Show on YouTube anytime there is a Star Wars program airing, because my dumbass will get up early to create some content for a few people to watch. Okay. Yeah, Emerson is right. Uh, in our live stream chat here, Emerson Ford is saying the Empire put a galaxy-wide ban on paint yep. because it was protecting the young denizens of the galaxy and the epidemic of huffing paint that was happening under the Republic. So this is why <laughs> Sheev is doing what he's doing. He's saving the kids of the galaxy from huffing paint. That's right. Thank you, Sheev. We speak Always had our best interests in mind. We knew that. <laughs> Uh, I do love that guy. He really is a fucking mm. pimp. And I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been bringing these to the table because I don't trust these leakers, but uh, apparently someone's been dropping all sorts of stuff for the Acolyte. And there may or may not be connections to some people that Sheev may have hung out with at some point in his lifetime. I'll leave yeah, it at that. That would make sense. I just, just haven't, I haven't time. felt like, I just, I don't, they're new leakers on Reddit. I haven't seen other sites really covering it, so I, I kind of have I also been like, gauging it that way. Like all the like all of these current shows that are like coming out and stuff like that, we can pretty heavily like like just us knowing Star Wars shit. Like we can we have a good idea of what the fuck's gonna happen. Like even right. in even in Ahsoka, which is like outside of like your standard OT timeline, more in the Mandoverse timeline. Like we have a pretty good fucking idea of what's gonna happen. But like with the acolyte, it's an untouched timeline. It's brand new characters, all this stuff. Like I don't, I don't want to know, uh, right. like what what's happening there before we get there because I can't even make an educated guess as to what's happening. Yeah, I mean, um, it's. I think yeah. we could get a a an uneducated guess, which we're very good at yeah, over we're, here. We're on great the at those. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about the time and the title, it's going to be dealing with someone that wants to get into the dark side. So. Why? Why are they doing that? Do, do, do they have the force already? Have, have they seen something the Jedi do that has put them off and is driving them towards the darker side of the force? That's about what, what we can uh, project at this point in time. If it's a show called The Acolyte that deals with the dark side, more than likely this person is a force user. We know it's going to be a man, Stenberg. And my guess is that something, she sees something or something happens to her at a young age that kind of disenfranchises her with the light side of the force and the Jedi order. And she therefore pursues those that may dabble in the dark. The acolyte. Done. The acolyte. Take it to the bank. Roll credits. There yeah, exactly. Go. Thank you. Uh, Written by George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. So yeah, our bad batch boys got to wait a little bit longer. I, I still think it's going to be a 2022 release. And I'm with Nick. I think it is going to be the, the, and I don't even want to call it a gap fill, but kind of our, our animated dessert in between Andor and the Mandalorian. Not yeah. a bad fucking treat. Yeah. I think it's okay. My friend Nick has got a, uh, an update on the KOTOR remake for you. I'm glad he covered this. I, I've been kind of keeping these to the wayside because like, oh, whatever. It's a nothing story at this point. But some developments have happened over the past few days on the KOTOR remake. 
which as of last week was seemingly dead in the water. Yeah. I know Nick talked about that on the solo cast two episodes ago. So Nick, what is, what is now happening in the saga of the KOTOR yeah. remake, Man. which was just announced almost a year ago at, at the what PlayStation days here yeah. uh, coming up in the fall. So, uh, previously the KOTOR remake was shelved indefinitely over at, uh, Aspire Media, a Texas-based developer, just due to the fact that development was going pretty poorly. Uh, they were over budget. Timeline was insanely longer than they expected. Um, initially, the game was expected to release this year. And after, you know, seeing a demo and then hearing about all of the internal issues that were happening with the development team, Aspire said that this game basically wouldn't launch until 2025. And because of that, they shelved it. But yesterday, we learned that um, the Embracer Group, which is the this this large kind of investment group that owns a bunch of different media outlets, they own video game development studios, they own like movie studios, they own a bunch of shit. Like these are multi build. This is like a multi billion dollar investment group. So the Embracer Group has now shifted development away from Aspire Media to an Eastern European developer called Saber Interactive. So the game is one back in active development. Um and it is uh there is no timeline for the for the release, but uh the reason for the move was one Embracer Group was dead set on having this game actually come out and two they just didn't trust Aspire Media to to like withhold quality standards, I guess you would say. So this is a this is a quote from the Bloomberg article where this was uh, released. It said one of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group. This was done to assure the quality bar is where we needed to be for the title. So that was like that AAA game was announced was found out to be Co- the Kotor remake, right? Um, but even though it has shifted over to this Saber Interactive developer, they're still like analysts are still assuming that there's probably going to be two years before it releases. Um, so that is where we're sitting with the game now. Um, if you've, and, uh, if you look Nick, at, it, I, yeah, go ahead. Have you looked at Saber Interactive's stable of games? That's <laughs> what I was going to say. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nothing to get to uh, to get the warm and fuzzies over with this news. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. So Saber Interactive is what we like what some people would call like a co-developer. Like typically what 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 Saber Interactive does is they take they work with bigger studios on bigger games. So, for example, um, CD Projekt Red partnered with Saber in 2018 for the Switch port of The Witcher 3. Um, then they've also worked. They've also worked with Microsoft and 343 on Halo, like the remake. Oh, you know, of I am. Halo I am Combat seeing evolved. that. That that's not. Yeah. yeah, they did. And the Master and Chief Master collection. Chief Collection. So like, they're another studio like Aspire that kind of like does ports they do like you know help with remakes and stuff like that so yeah they they are familiar with like okay. this remake right. i'm feeling better and a little better but also better. like i don't know man like it's it it doesn't make me feel better that they've shifted this to 
another studio that really hasn't built a game on their own. You know, like they've they're they're giving it to another studio that's just like that's good at making ports. Um, yeah. So like, how much soul is it gonna have? You know, yeah. like, like that type of deal. But maybe that's maybe that's what this embracer group wants. They're like, look, we don't need you to fucking, all we need you to do is make it look like it was made in 2022 and make the game function correctly. Like maybe that is like their, their minimum bar. Um, You know, I don't, I don't really blame embracer for wanting to push this through regardless because they're, they're not wrong. I mean, it's a star Wars game that is, it's very fond to a large swath of star Wars fans and gamers. Yeah. So, People like you and I, even though we've already bought this game 15 times, we're probably yeah. still going to get it day one. So they know, if anything else, they're probably going to make some money on it. Yeah. And, uh, and one thing I will say that's also making me feel really kind of iffy about this is that right off the heels of this, so yesterday is when it was announced that this was moving, like Embracer was forcing the development through of this game, essentially. On August 18th, Embracer Group bought bought the rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Like they straight out bought all of the rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit from who its, had who 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 had it? Did EA it was still called have Middle it? Middle Earth? No, the, no. This is not this is not for video games. This is for every fucking thing. This is for TV. This oh is for God. movies. This is for games. This Are we is, sure the the Murdochs don't own Embracer? I mean that that's starting to sound like something like so, that. I mean, it's pretty insane. It was it was owned by Middle Earth Enterprises, which was formerly to, like Tolkien Enterprises. The kids. Yeah, I mean it was it was his estate. Um, so it feels like they're like Embracer is making this really wild, like grab for properties. Yeah, and they're just saying like, okay, well, we're gonna, well, like, we're gonna make sure that this game from Star Wars gets pushed through because it's the biggest thing ever. But at the same time, we're buying all of the rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit from the people who created it, essentially, and we're gonna have that too. So I don't know. I mean, do you the- remember those those Lord of the Ring games from back in the day when the movies were out? They're they're kind of like an action game, but they were fucking awesome from EA. Yeah. Yeah, no, th- those were like some of the better like movie-oriented games. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was like the first time they were ever able to successfully capture the high of the film and the plot almost, and, and make it a video game without it being completely yeah. disconnected from the from the movie universe. And I mean, even the last two Lord of the Rings games that released, um, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, were yeah, those, both those very are well good too. received. I, I, so. They at some point in time there was a great like RTS Lord of the Rings game, you know, unit builder. I, yeah. I think that's what they're called. You know, you, you got to build a farm to make food. You got to build a, uh, you know, a, a, a gym to make warriors, that type of shit. So, yeah. So, well, yeah, that's interesting. They are definitely going through eating up some pop culture gems, yeah. probably just trying to make a quick buck, which I think I'm with you. You, you probably don't feel good about that. Cause it probably is more about making money than, making quality entertainment (laughs) as soon as they got like they they bought the rights to lord of the rings on the 18th and the statement that came out is like we're making new movies we're making new games we're making new this we're making new that and they were already like we're planning on doing a Gollum spinoff movie and we're gonna do a gandalf spinoff movie and we're gonna do i was like dude 
Well, there was there's there supposed to be a Gollum game. I think yeah, it's been delayed. There is a Gollum game, yeah, because I've seen <laughs> like gameplay from that. Like, but honestly, like that's it not sounds, good because I, I. It sounds like I didn't Disney when they bought Star Wars. They're like, we're doing yeah, all this, and then we right. saw how that played out. I'm just surprised because I, you know, I don't know shit, but I know some things, and I always felt like the Tolkien estate was very protective. Yeah of the license and would only kind of lease it out for, you know, for movies or you can do games or you can do books, but it's got to be this. It can't be that. It's well, yeah, got to look like that. It was a huge deal for, um, like for Amazon to get, like they didn't even buy the, they just licensed the rights yeah. and it was $250 I mean. million and, dollars and to just, license it. They're just selling it now. So it's like, it's almost like the new generation has taken over the ones that have been rich their whole lives. And they're just like, fuck all this deal, wheeling and dealing and lawyers and, and Zoom calls. Just fucking sell it. Who cares? <laughs> like, George, yeah. like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. It's someone else fucking take it. I just think, well, that's like, a I don't shame. know how many Tolkien's there are left. And I don't, I think what the problem was is like Christopher Tolkien, which was, he was the one who was like the, the steward of the yeah the he was the Lord Dave the Filoni universe. to George Lucas for yes, JRR exactly he died in 2020 so he's been dead for about two years now and I just don't think that any of there the other go. That, family members that's what it is that's what yeah. it is like he you know there's like great grandsons and there's great granddaughters that, that's what I'm saying it's like all, all the all the young shitheads that were born into Tolkien royalty. Are like uh, we don't want to deal with this. Who gives a fuck what great grandpa cared about and him wanting to keep things, you know, kind of small and keep them. Who gives a fuck? Just give yeah. me that billion. So beep, I mean, beep, beep, just drops the money off. They're like, sweet. We don't have to fucking deal with this crap anymore. Throw <laughs> out these unabridged novels and unfinished tales. Get this shit out of here. Yeah, so the, it, it makes me nervous that that's the group that also has control yeah, of this you game. Think? It's like they, they really uh, were. They are going to be making like stick figure games at this point. <laughs> stick Lord like, of the Rings. Slap the title on it. Yeah. It will sell to somebody. That's that's how because they're, they're out there. I mean, uh, I at one point in time I almost became as big of a Star Wars fanboy with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. And I'm I'm still up there. I, I would consider myself fanboy light with Tolkien stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, th sure. this sounds kind of sacrilegious, just based on what I know of the man and and how he kind of wanted things yeah. left. Like you, you money's money. Just, like it stayed. Like the oh, the content man. and the lore and everything in the Tolkien universe stayed sacred and almost untouched until now. Like yeah. until. So it is. The, the young sale. kids fuck it up. They fuck yeah. everything up. You're going to be able to get go to the, the head shop now and get Bilbo Boggins. <laughs> you know? License, <laughs> license it, yeah. man. License with, it. with fucking Elijah's face, too. Like, you're going to be smoking uh. out Elijah's face and his Bilbo Boggins. Yeah. My God, dude. Well, fucking shit. So that's dude, what we got to look forward that's to. That's not good. In the, in the oh, Lord man. of the Rings verse. Like... Yeah, and see, still... <laughs> Star Wars fans, you, sh you should feel good that a company like Disney bought Lucasfilm and yeah. not some fucking crazy uh, multimedia conglomerate that's probably owned by the Saudis and Russians and every other seedy character on this planet. It's wild, oh, man. So, yeah, we'll see how oh, that goes. Dude. But um, yeah, so I, I, good. 
Within the next two years, at least according to what Embracer Group wants, we should see the release of KOTOR Remake. Um, and a, and uh, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings, a Harfoot story, right? <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get a story on the Harfoots and the Harefoots yeah. and the, and the oh, yeah. Blunderbuss. It's like, come All on! All of them. You, they'll they'll take Kotor. They'll reskin it to be Lord of the Rings. So you'll have a duo pack. You can buy the the Knights of the Old <laughs> yeah. Republic remake exactly, and the skinned yeah. version. Of hey, Lord you of want you want game. a Ring Wraith and Kotor? Come to us. Buy the yeah. DLC Lord of the Rings X Star Wars. It's like That's fuck, right, dude. Uh-oh. You know now the Kotor Uh-oh. remake is literally going to be just a reskin. Of the old engine. So it's, they're going to be like all sweet looking, but they're still going to move like. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, you have to stop and, and plug in all your 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 lightsaber oh, swings. You go whack, 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 whack. It's like, all right, we got it. We got uh, it out the door, though. Embracer. Woo. Toki. Yep. Wow. That's terrible. The, I, I need to dive now, into right? that. I need to dive into that because that, that worries me. <laughs> That's yeah. scary about the Tolkien stuff. I saw it. Okay. I was like, uh-oh. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's the end of our stories, though. That's the, we told you guys that it was a it was a light Star Wars light news week, week. <laughs> but that allows us to have some fun, oh, and we're gonna do a little special topic on Andor. That Andor still has the main focus. It's coming out September twenty first, three part premiere. And remember, those three episodes will kind of tell a standalone tale to kind of introduce you to Cassie in the world and kind of get him into the wider galactic conflict. So we still got a few weeks to go and I, I'm sure we'll have a predictions show, but we figured because we had some time today, screw the predictions. Let's just get selfish and get into what we want to see as fans. You know, if we were writing the script, if we had control over what the, what type of content we could see in Andor season one, this is what we want to see. So I asked Nick to come up with his five ones. I came up with my five ones. So let's kind of see where uh, our two bozo asses are taking <laughs> our version of Andor. All right, Nick, why don't you go ahead and start with your first want, see yes. if we align or if it's your own want. My, my number one want, and I think that this may, this may fall on your list as well, is... The big blue guy. We we need Thrawn in this. I left him off because I I, I okay. had a I felt a tremor in the force and I thought you would you would do him so good. But okay. I, I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean Thrawn is we we talked about it a little bit last week. We know that Thrawn during this time period is a major player. He's either already a grand admiral, given like depending on the timeline that we work in, whether it's young Cassian timeline or or older Cassian time uh, timeline. Or he is still high ranking within the Imperial Navy superstructure. Oh, he should so, be. I mean, I don't know if he's grand, but he's def. I'd say he's definitely an admiral. Yes. five years before the Battle of Yavin. So yeah. So uh, we need to have him in this show just because he he is going to be the one, especially around this time that's that's dealing with the 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 rebel cells and stuff like that Correct. like that that was what he was doing like he was the one who was working on that tie defender project but he was also responsible for like stamping out these little cells so phoenix in particular what yeah, became was, his his bane yes that was like his his ultimate downfall was phoenix squadron as we know from from rebels but i want to see like does he ever tangle with saw Gerrera? 
Uh, you know, does he ever have any any dealings with Mon Mothma, especially since Mon Mothma is a high ranking senator? Um, Thrawn was known to to kind of mingle in in some of those circles uh, at, at certain points in his career with the Empire. So I, I'm really interested to see one. Well, one, I think he should be in there. And two, if he is in there, I want to see exactly how they use him, because uh, I think yeah, he's so, so totally important. I'm I'm with you 100 percent. And I think it could kind of we don't need heavy doses of the blue guy. In fact, I would prefer more casual mentions or a quick, quick hit scene. You know what I want to see, Nick, with Thrawn, which would really get me excited, may even cause me to pop wood. Is a a simple Imperial roundtable meeting, kind of like the one we saw in A New Hope on the Death Star. Yeah. But at the seats, we've got Tarkin, Krennic, Thrawn. Maybe I mean, Galen Erso is sitting in Ka- on the meeting. At Callus, even like back then. Yeah, Callus. Ka- yeah, Agent Agent Callus. Yeah. Right, but I, I want to see Thrawn in a meeting that's not necessarily his meeting. I just want to see him interacting with the Imperials at at that level. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're his peers because I don't think Thrawn. Not that I know him. I don't read the books. I'm stupid. But I don't think Thrawn ever considered anyone else in the Imperial Navy his peer. Is that a no. correct statement? Yeah, yeah, you're okay. absolutely correct. Like he he was and it wasn't like a like a selfish self-confidence thing. It's just that like the way that the Chiss species works is like they're they're a relatively emotionless type of species, but he just knew that he was smarter than everybody. And it wasn't like him trying to boast. He just was smarter right. than everybody. So it, it, never, yeah, it like, wasn't worth his it wasn't worth his time to ask for advice because yeah. it would be bad. Exactly. Where, are they kind of like Vulcans almost in terms of the, their emotions. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like Vulcans. Like, like they do like in the books, like you, you read scenes about like, he feels a twinge of emotion every now and then, but like he is basically like Spock where right. he's just kind of flat. None of his actions are guided by emotion then. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, something simple. I don't think he can be a main anything. I think it's a, it, I don't want to call it a throwaway scene, but it would be just like a a meeting of uh, of the who's who of the Imperials type of meetings. I think just having him even say like, Krennic, your fucking Death Star is stupid. We should do my TIE Defender plan. Yeah. To which someone else chimes in like, shut the fuck up, blue guy, <laughs> and here we go. So, yeah, something like that. I, I'm, I, I think... I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're saving that wad blow for Ahsoka. But I, I do agree with where you were going with this last week. I think it would be a huge, huge win to kind of get a little Thrawn pop up in Andor just to prime everyone for um, his, his what should be a, a main role in the Ahsoka series. So, yeah. yes. All right. Okay, so for my first one in Andor Season 1, Nick, I'm going to stick along kind of the same lines. It's not identical. But I really want to see a Mon Mothma slash Senator's interaction with Palpatine. Either in the Senate or via a hologram, I want to see Mon Mothma and other Senators interacting with the Emperor after he's been Emperor now for, you know, what, eight eight years, something like that? Uh what does that look like? Is it laughable? Is it a big yeah. joke? Does, does he come in and pretend like he's actually listening to them and wanting to help them with their issues? 
or is it just a big charade? So I would like to see something like that. Yeah, I I think a Senate scene is almost yeah. necessary because like we we know the ultimate fate of the Senate. It gets dissolved right at the beginning of A New Hope, but we also know that the Senate is essentially where the rebellion is born out of, you know? Like right. it was the it was the initially like the the group of 100 senators that like that like had formed this secret alliance together and that's kind of where the rebellion sprung out of and from those senators you had little cells starting to pop up and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's, that's like a truly necessary scene is to see what the state of the Senate is now. And, sure. and, and we know we're going to get a Senate scene. I mean, we've seen them in the trailer. So my caveat is I want Palpatine involved in that scene somehow, even if they're just watching another one of his speeches and my Mothma's rolling her eyes like, how did we let this happen again? Like, how fucking stupid are we? Do we have so, confirmation either via leaks or something or like set photos that had leaked that, that Ian is in this show? No, just remember. his. He just did that. It was around, I think it was a little bit before Kenobi. And he essentially said like, hey, there's a few properties coming up that my character would make sense to be in. Yeah. And we're like, all right, well, Kenobi, that, that's like 100% sense, and yeah. it sure as shit, it paid off. Uh, but yeah, he's he's not confirmed for Andor, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a, at least another hollow cameo like he showed up in in Kenobi. Although they didn't use Palpatine at all in, in Rogue One, like not, a, not even a, a sliver. Yeah. So, they, they you know, Gilroy and Gilroy knows best. So <laughs> right. he, he might be like, he, fuck Palpatine. He's, yeah. you know, he's too big for my movie. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not big enough. He's not big enough for my movie. He's not, he's not, he, he doesn't have the depth and he's Tony, not in, in the, in the Wikipedia canon. <laughs> Tony Gilroy <laughs> always thought that Palpatine was just a poorly written character. So he's right, like, well, Palpatine, right. you know, in my show, he's just not around it. Palpatine, like, he's on vacation. He gives a fuck about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's on we vacation. don't need any stinking Palpatine in Andor. I'm Tony Gilroy, bitch. That's right. Uh, <sighs> okay, Nick, number two. Number two. I I really want to see if if Tim makes his way into this show. Okay, so my want is is somehow either to have like a bad batch crossover or like have Tim make his way into this show as one of the named clones uh either from the bad batch or that we knew from from um Clone Wars because I mean, Bad Batch and 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 Andor are essentially just working within the same exact timeline. Like we're we're like talking about if if we assume that the Bad Batch is going to go for years, they they will almost surely intermingle with what's going on in the Andor timeline. Oh yeah, both I mean, I don't the, like both in the the like the past younger younger uh, Cassian timeline and in the older Cassian timeline. Right. So, yeah, I don't I don't think Bad Batch season two is gonna go that far into the future, but you you are correct. I mean, they do live in what we're gonna call the pre uh, a new hope timeline. Well at this point we should probably call it the pre Rogue One yeah. timeline. Yeah. So, uh, so so I I I dig that. I actually have something very similar. So it, we're we're almost spot on to this one. Yeah. You know who who might make a a good Tem named clone would be Rex because yeah. 
if you think about it, even more so than the Bad Batch, or at least what we saw in season one, Rex was already saying he's working with a resistance movement, him and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So, you know, resistance movement back at the beginning of the Empire is what becomes the rebellion ultimately by A New Hope. So, you know, Rex is already knee deep. We know for a fact he's knee deep and rebelling as soon as the Empire takes over. Bad Batch, they're, they're still trying to figure out what do we do now you know uh, season one was they they still more or less did what they were built to do they they went out kicked ass took names and saved people and ultimately did stuff for good guys but they weren't fully dedicated even by the end of season one to hey we need to join rex in the resistance they 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 were dealing with their own family shit with crosshair and so uh, i'm with you and so here here's mine just to kind of dovetail because it's almost the same thing Live action clones interacting with stormtroopers, the galaxy, whatever. And and I think we, we can guarantee we're going to get live action clones because I think they've shown up in some of the trailers. But yeah. Nick kind of took it one step further. So if there's live action clones, there's potential for Tem getting involved and a helmet getting removed and maybe a conversation taking place with a live action clone that might be already joined with one of these rebel cells. So, um, yeah, I think that would be fucking fantastic. I mean, anytime you can get Tem onto a live action property to bring a a clone, either new or existing name clone to life, I think that's a win. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right. My next one. This is this is going to be a stretch. This is this is definitely going to be a stretch. But if we could see Baz in or Baze and Chirrut in this somehow, I think that that would be a huge win. Um, those were two of the favorite characters from the Rogue One timeline. We already knew that they were kind of mixed up in rebellion on uh, on Jeddah at the time of Rogue One. I don't know how far back they they went in terms of like their involvement with like rebel cells or anything like that, because we know that both of them were involved in uh, as guardians of the Temple of the Wills. Um, and we know that basically as soon as the the Imperial reign kicked in, that everything around the the, the Temple of the Wills and, and how that was being treated at the time changed because, you know, all all shit around Jedi and, and, and force like, you know, having force sensitive kind of beliefs and stuff out there was essentially squashed. So I think it would be cool if we could bring those characters back in in some way. Um, we, we may have the opportunity. I mean, we're definitely going to be on Jeddah again. Like we saw, uh, in the trailer, we saw scenes where we were at the, uh, at Saw Gerrera's compound or his hideout on Jeddah. I don't know if that was Jeddah yet. I, I really, I can't say one way or the other. Jeddah see- to me seemed more sandy than, than where they were at here. This one seemed a little more green. Gotcha. Like I had, but, hey, l- listen, I'm, but, I'm, but, hey. I'm I'm with you because I don't it's not like Bays and Cheerit are directly attached to the character of Cassian. So that that's your problem. Yeah. Like they had zero yeah. relation. The only reason they got mixed up is because Jin Erso, more or less. And yeah. you know, they they, they just kind of through circumstance kind of got mixed together. It's not like Cassian was meeting with them and they were contacts of his. But you could casually, you know, introduce them, background, maybe even radio chatter, if we get to see Jeddah 
kind of before it becomes overtaken by the Imperials, you know, literally yeah. having a star destroyer sit on top of its main city. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, is Tony going to go back and revisit some rogue one locations to kind of show us what it was like before shit was getting dire for non-Imperials and those that wanted to rebel? I don't know. It, it, the guy's hard to read. It's like, it, yeah, it, it seems like if it's something that fans would love, he's, a, he would be against it. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But I, hey, I, and these are these are our wants, these are our wishes, as if yeah. we were writing the script. And and I do think there's a place for them. It's just how do you introduce them because they don't have a direct, direct connection time. to Cassie. Yeah. So the, maybe maybe season two. I don't know, but I would like to 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 check out Jedha prior to what we saw it become in Rogue One itself. No yeah, doubt. I agree for sure. I mean, really, that that's a planet that I would assume has been explored in the High Republic, you would think? Maybe, yeah, because that temple is pretty old. That, yeah, I mean, that, it, it looked like those, those fallen statues, I and mean, they looked like they were down for hundreds of years. The ones, you know, out in the desert where they met with Bodhi and did the prisoner exchange and shit like that, so. But I, I think it has place. It, it, it definitely would, I mean, Cassian will eventually have a tie to it, so. I'm with you. I was struggling. Like how, how, like how much rogue one stuff are we going to try to get into Andor? So yeah. And as I say that part, my number three is I want to see, and this could be a dumb one, but I want to see how he gets his U wing because the U wing, I mean, it, it, it was his in K twos by the time we meet him in, in rogue one and in star Wars ships are kind of a character. Luke and Red 5, even though a bunch of people had X-Wings, but Luke had Red 5. Yeah. The the most obvious one, Han and the Falcon. Newer ones, you've got, you know, Hera and the Ghost. And then you had Cassian and the U-Wing, and that's the first time we ever saw the U-Wing. It's an iconic design. It's one that has now popped up in other Star Wars properties because of its introduction in Rogue One. So I want to see... It is a big thing, getting your your own ship in Star Wars. Not not all... I mean, look, look at the focus put on ships just in the Mandalorian between the Razor Crest and now his new one. I mean, there was essentially an episode dedicated to Mando getting his new ship. So it's not something odd to kind of want to see how a dude gets his whip. Yeah, absolutely. You know, did he steal it? Did the rebellion (laughs) gift it to him based on completing crazy missions for them? I don't know. So I want to see, does that get addressed or is it truly just, hey, we need a ship for this new Cassian guy. Oh, that U-Wing's open over there. All right, that's his yeah. ship. So yeah. even I'd, ta- I'd even take that. Yeah, I know. It's because like a U-Wing, like it's not something that he could inherit, like inherit from Marva because a U-Wing is like a combat vessel. Like Correct. It's not like a... For, like the, a for standard, the rebel fleet, like literally yeah. X-Wing, A-Wing, B-Wing, Y-Wing, U-Wing. Like it was, it's particularly made for... This yeah, purpose exactly so it's not like something that marva andor would just have because she was previously very well off it's not like a transport vessel or something like that um so yeah i mean like maybe that's like a test vessel yeah i think that i think that's a good call that would be something cool to see um all right my my next one and i this kind of goes back to to what i was saying about like the animated characters maybe bringing in some bad batch stuff but it ful- fulcrum i mean fulcrum as uh, i mean ahsoka as fulcrum if we're gonna bring in rex 
then then her as Fulcrum would also make sense in this show. Oh, I'm, even more sense than the clones for sure. Exactly, because she because, introduces the clones to the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, so her being a part of this is almost like I don't want to say necessary, but it would just make so much sense, especially in the early days of formation of the the Rebel cells and the rebellion as a whole. Because that that's what she did. That was her whole fucking bag. Like yeah. once everything went down, she was the one that was out there like literally from day one to like, organize. Yeah. The moment her and Rex crash landed that 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 Republic Star Cruiser on that planet and buried, you know, uh, Jesse oh. and all the other three thirty second. Yeah. They they got to work. And that, that was verified in Bad Batch uh, season one when, when Rex shows up, I think the second episode, he's literally like, you know, he's, he's on the comms to Ahsoka. Yeah. And he tells him like, hey, you know, we're, we're getting a resistance going on more or less. And Dude, I mean, Ahsoka in, in this series, as you said, makes a ton of sense, not only for the timeline and what the character was doing with the Rebels. But again, too, and I know Tony's project isn't part of the Mandoverse, but I feel, as Nick does with Thrawn, for, for the fandom at large, not for nuts like us, these through lines with these characters that started in cartoons that have now showed up in live action, it just adds to the storytelling in the universe for the casual fans. It's like, oh, that... There's that orange girl. I remember her from Mandalorian. She's doing, <laughs> yes. she was doing this shit all the way back then. I think those are cool moments for all Star Wars fans. Obviously, us hardcore types, we're going to get more out of that. It, it would be more religious to us. It, you know, we'll dive into it. We'll speculate on it. We'll try to figure out the secrets of the universe. But just for the more casual types, like my, you know, my wife or whenever Nick can talk Taylor into this type of stuff. <laughs> It gives them like, okay, I, I, I'm starting to see that how big this world is and how these characters are interconnected and how all these stories of Star Wars in some form or fashion have a six degrees of Kevin Bacon feeling to them. Where any mm-hmm. character in any Star Wars property is probably connected to another Star Wars character in another Star Wars property. And like you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, especially you live streamers, but I believe Ahsoka as Fulcrum was the main impetus for folding the Ghost Crew into Phoenix Squadron. I, 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 I also believe that. I believe that true. was kind of the, the, the connection there. Like, hey, you guys, here's Sato and Phoenix. You would make a good fit. Uh, so like you're saying, dude, she makes more sense really than any cameo we would want. She makes more yeah. sense than Thrawn, although even then... Having her in the same property with Thrawn just adds more through lines, more connections to what we're going to see in her own show. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is like, it may not seem like it now, but Andor has a very strong possibility of being super referential towards Ahsoka because of not only the time period that you're working, I mean, not really the time period that you're working, but because of the players who were around during Andor and the players who are still around during the Ahsoka timeline. So, like, there there could be, like, again, I don't know how much Gilroy 
worked with the brothers. See, that's that's the problem. Team. It's the Gilroy. Like if it wasn't yeah. Gilroy and it was Dave and John, I think all this would be a no brainer. But with Gilroy and yeah. his statement last week, well, there's this cannon, that cannon, Pablo's cannon, fan cannon. You, you got to go like, whoa, what? You, fan cannon? Yeah. That's not even real. Yeah, that that doesn't work. Fan and cannon, those are two words that don't yeah. go together. Yeah. It's like you're talking about fan fiction. That is a thing, <laughs> but that should not be taken into account at all. In terms yeah. Of what, so what's it going just, on there? how much does a guy like Gilroy give a fuck about through lines and interconnectivity? That's that's what I'm concerned about. Um, and, you know, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to speak for you. But, but when we're talking about seeing these characters, it's not they're not going to be a major role. It could be a, a blip like, oh, hey, yeah. Fulcrum just reported, blah, blah, blah. That that would be good, right? Like you don't even really we don't even need to see Rosario. It's just either a hologram or someone passes on a communication from Fulcrum to Cassian. Like, all right, we know what you're saying. I get you and I appreciate you. That's the type of shit we like. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it does not like we don't have to have, you know, Rosario and full makeup on screen, anything like that. But like communicate just like what. We saw in Bad Batch where it was just like Rex on the comms talking to, to exactly. Ahsoka. Like it doesn't have to be like a, a main character type of role, but it should be referenced or brought up. Yeah. It's the small things, people. We've been trying to tell you all along. I know I appear crazy at times, but it's just little stuff. It's little things make us happy right. when it comes to that far, far away galaxy. All you got to do. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback my fourth off of that one. Cause it, it kind of fits and it goes right into the discussion we are having and, and kind of tying animation to live action and live action to animation, so on and so forth. So I would like to get at least one, maybe two, if we're lucky Phoenix squadron mentions. And if you think about it, at this point in time, it truly would just be Phoenix Sato's group. Yeah, uh, I don't think the ghost crew have joined up with Phoenix at this point in time. Uh, but I'd like hearing, you know, a, a mention about uh, Sato or a mention about this ghost crew on Lothal stirring things up and maybe we should reach out to them. That right there would be like, fuck you, Tony Gilroy, I love you. <laughs> That's the shit I need. It could yeah. just be a line of dialogue, but my friends, just like George told us and dave is telling us now it's that interconnectivity between these properties between the different trilogies and timelines that makes star wars so great so big and why so many goofy people like me dedicate actual life to it beyond just consuming it so just just mentions of Phoenix or the Ghost Crew. I don't need to see live action Hera yet. Go ahead and save that for Ahsoka. I don't need to see live action Sabine. Save that for Ahsoka. Um, we've already seen live action Chopper, so he can show up. We've seen live action Ghosts. We maybe get a shot of its tailpipes. I don't know. But just casual passing by, casual dialogue that references Lothal, Ghosts, or the Phoenix Squadron. That would that would definitely check off this box for me. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. So last one for me is gonna be. It's not really a want. It's more of like I'm interested to see this, and it's how they handle the whole Vader and Tarkin aspect of this show. Uh. Because 
it's it, you you can't get around how important to the overall galactic you know superstructure that those two are i feel like you can, i feel like you may be able to get away with not having vader but tarkin is such Tarkin's an important a tough one. yeah tarkin is such an important part of just how the empire functioned on a day-to-day basis at this point that it would be hard not to incorporate him into this show. We already know from Rogue One that you can they've they digitally recreated him with almost no issue. Obviously, you know, like it, it would look even a, better at this point yeah, in time. I mean, you gotta exactly. think Rogue One's fucking what six years old at this point? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Six. It'll be six years this December. Yeah. So having him back in there are are they going to broach that? Are they going to reapproach like the full digital remake of Tarkin again? And if they do, what role will he play? Because realistically, like Krennic was the Death Star guy. Like that that was his thing. Like like he was super yeah. only Tarkin focused came on in the at the Star. end like most CEOs do and and took it from him. Yeah. And claimed credit. <laughs> so we we may not see all that much of Krennic because that was his only focus and right now in a galactic sense, we're really not focused on the Death Star. The development no. is still in like the earlier phases. It's not nearing completion like it was during the Rogue One timeline. So like interacting all that much with Krennic outside of like it, the storylines around, you know, maybe kidnapping these scientists and engineers that you need to build it. He's probably not going to be that involved, but like Tarkin should be. So I'm I'm really interested to see how they use him, if it's going to be in like hologram form, if, if they're going to do a full digital recreation again and what role he plays in the show. Well, you, you, you're spot on with Tarkin and his role with the Empire at this point in time and really since the inception. If you go back to Bad Batch season one, who's the guy that essentially sets the direction for the clones and then the soon to be conscripts stormtroopers? Oh, yeah. It's all I mean, Tarkin. Yeah. Targan's the first one to say, listen, motherfuckers, we I don't think we can sustain this clone program because we're cheap. I don't care how good they are. It costs too much money. Rampart, figure something out. All right. Rampart figures out. Let's just conscript motherfuckers. People that want to fight for the Empire. And, and here we go. So and then he eventually becomes the Grand Moff. And at least when I was a little kid. I thought Tarkin was the number one. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and watch A New Hope, Darth Vader is so subservient to this man, it is sad. It's so sad, Leia drops that burn on him like, oh, you know, the, the, the whole leash line, essentially yeah. calling uh, Vader Tarkin's dog. Now, it, it's funny to think about it with, with hindsight at this point in time, but Tarkin could treat Vader like a little bitch. The only other person that could do that in the Empire was Sheev. Yeah. It's amazing to think. It really, if you think about now, knowing what we know about Darth Vader, the fact that he didn't instantly force choke Tarkin to death or just chop his head off on the Death Star is, is mind-boggling. But it also shows you how far Anakin had fallen by that time, and he truly was just a machine that was only going to do what his master wanted him to do, even if that meant becoming... A, a a a lap dog of of someone underneath you it's like yeah. so nick is right i mean tarkin is a huge presence in the empire especially during andor season one i mean we're, we're talking about the empire at its peak 
Yeah. It, it, it's probably peaking at this point because we can argue it's starting to come off its peak and the empire is destroyed 10 years after Andor season one, give or take a few galactic yeah. years. And like, so all of the yeah, Tar- Targan has a place, but yeah. again, how's he used? It, it, I think it, it, I don't think Gilroy would uh, rely on him for a heavy, heavy dose of screen time. Uh, yeah. It could also, again, just be relegated to communications uh, meeting memos or just name drops. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, he should be a big part of the show. Uh, it just really depends on one. If Gilroy wanted to go the route of the full digital recreation, or like you said, just kind of keep it to, uh, hollow recordings and like voice communication. So that was my fifth one. So what are you closing? Well, I mean, honestly, it, 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 it's it's on the same path, and and I just typed down allusions to the Death Star project, which obviously yeah. Tarkin would be attached to, Krennic would be attached to, Urso would be attached to, and when I say allusions, uh, I'm not talking about like visual stuff. I'm like I want to I want to hear the Empire or even the Rebels allude to this big secret thing that they've heard the Empire is up to, because even by the time we get to Rogue One, I mean his main mission, he's on a lead. To find out what the fuck the Death Star is, even though they don't know it's the Death Star. I mean, he's yeah. on that planet to, and we're gonna. That's the best part about what Gilroy's told us. We're we're gonna see how he gets himself on that planet and murders his contact. But he's ultimately will Cassian. I mean, will be put on the path to figure out what all this buzz is about about the Empire's new secret weapon. So I just want to get further development of that in Andor season one, and it should even be regressed a bit because we're five years prior. Um, you know, we might even get a mission that isn't, that might be tangentially involved with the Death Star, but the rebels don't know it's the Death Star. That, that's the type of stuff, you know, and that's where Tarkin could come into play. You know, what's Krennic doing on that project? Or has Krennic gotten Urso to give him the goods? Just little shit like that. It's always going to be the connective tissue for me. The little yeah. stuff. Like I said, yes. I don't give about the visuals. I don't give a shit about the, the, the VFX. As long as the narrative's there and, it, and it's paying off on teases or kind of laying groundwork for, for future content, I'm all for it. So let, let's get some allusions to the Death Star, which could also play into Nick's Thrawn thing. You know, let, let's, let's get that conference talk going on where people are laying down their, no, we, we, we should redirect this money from Krennic's project to Thrawn or no, we should keep it on Krennic's project. Tarkin saying, well, God damn it. I'm going to take it over because Krennic can't get it done. Yeah. It, it might sound boring on paper or as we're spitballing it here, but I don't know the star Wars fan in me. I think I'd have a blast being a fly yeah. on the wall in an Imperial meeting room. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds like fun to me, but I, I want to get down. But, like just imagine though, as like, as a, as a more casual fan, knowing that there was a completely separate project that yeah, could have been a good in point. place that mm-hmm. wasn't the Death Star. Like they, like the Empire, it wasn't like this was their end all be all. Like they had a whole other project that was far into development and testing yeah. that could have taken the place of the Death Star. I thought that that, you know, like even for a casual fan, I think that that could be pretty interesting. So No, that is, um, that is big because, you know, if you're not in the know with Star Wars, it's just... Death Star, Death Star 2, Star Killer Base. Man, these people really like their big ass globes of death. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there there was conversations and there were some 
factions within the empire making arguments like, listen, should we really put all our, literally all of our eggs in one blow upable basket? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Where, where Thrawn's like, you know, their, their Navy's small enough that I could fucking route them with better TIE fighters. This is essentially what he was saying. Like the, the, the rebels have so, so few resources available that if we yep. just hammer them in the skies and take out their fleet, it's over. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. I think well, there that you goes, go. That's our, that's our, that top is, that, those are ones. Matt and Nick's 10 once for Andor season one. Like I said, as we get closer to the premiere of episode one, two, and three, we'll probably do some predictions because we always like to, you know, beat our chests and let everyone know how freaking smart we are when it comes to guessing about science fiction properties. That means nothing and gets you nothing tangible in life, but we love it. That's why we do it. Right. All right, dude. You know what? We, we do have some time, so why not? Let, let's get a little Matt Mando game. It's been yeah. months since this has happened. I think the last time we did this was prior to Star Wars Celebration. If you're new here, Nick has this card game that has the Mandalorian trivia on it, I believe, for seasons one and two. And uh, he asked me questions. There's scoring. There's helplines. And usually... I get them all correct because I have an uncanny ability to store useless information in my brain that uh, does not translate into any type of monetization. It's true. All so here right. Here we go. What, what are we doing? Five questions, 10 questions five, and five right. questions. And I get one are, lifeline, right? And you get, so basically the way that it'll work is there is, a question on here that comes with multiple choice. So first I will present Matt with the question without the multiple choice responses. Right. And then he can ask for the uh, multiple choice. Which, if which he needs drops it. That, that drops me down to five points instead of 10 per question. We'll just, yeah, we'll make it easy. Okay. All right. So that's how it works. So for those of you who are interested, you can get this <sighs> card game. Sweat. <laughs> you can get this card game on Amazon. Just search the Mandalorian tri uh, card trivia and you should find it. Um, and all right, so we'll kick it off. I got five questions here. First one is which planet is Cara Dune originally from? Alderaan. Take Correct. it to the bank. Yeah! To the bank. Five points. Fuck you, Alex. Five right, out of next. five. Next up. What ancient creature is depicted on the Mandalorian's necklace? Oh, come on. Mythosaur. Yeah, correct. Mythosaur. It's, it's tattooed on Nick's <laughs> fucking arm. It's right, yeah. I do have a tattoo <laughs> on my left arm. Got it at Star Wars Celebration. All right, um, come on. Two for two. Here we go. Uh, next Can't up. Can't stop me now. Which planet did Ahsoka Tano instruct the Mandalorian to take the child to? Fuck! <laughs> oh, shit. You're going to know it as soon as I say that. Oh, I know it. Like, it's on the top of my tongue. Oh, fuck. I'm going to have to go with the multiple choice. Okay, so multiple choice is A, Tython. B, what a loser. That's it. Tython. Th fuck! Tython. <laughs> Stupid! Idiot! <laughs> so I, all I, dude, all my brain could muster was Corvus, 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 because that was the planet was we meet her on, and yeah. I mean, that's where we meet her. But <laughs> I, I knew that wasn't where the seeing stone was at. That's Damn right. it! Now I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna have to go outside and punch myself in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's we're at 25 Fuck. out of possible 30 points now. 
but hey, still. Now, mind you, I didn't. I still haven't missed the question, but I, I had to cheat, which to me is you might as well just miss it. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this this one is what type of metal is Beskar? What? I know this is this is actually difficult. What type of metal is Beskar? I thought Beskar was the type of metal. So I'm gonna say it is it's Mandalorian metal. No, okay, so here's the here's the All right, give me a yeah, give, give me the option. Platinum, brass, or steel. What the fuck? <laughs> it's on it's the card. Beskar. It's it's a fit these are officially licensed. <laughs> All right, whatever. P- platinum. No, it is steel. Get the fuck out of here. How can something be steel and Beskar? There's two different <laughs> things. It's like saying, uh, you know, I have, I have bronze and steel bronze. It, it doesn't uh, so work. On, on the Star Wars wiki, it says Beskar, also known as Mandalorian iron or Mandalorian steel. So. See, I said Mandalorian metal, right? Didn't I? <laughs> you did to start. Yeah, I'm taking it. <laughs> do, do, do. Hey, send it up to the office. What do they say? I need a ruling uh, on this. I, I will. I will give it to you. I'll say that All that right, is thank you. that is an appropriate response. I, I was starting to feel bad about my. This is one of my worst outings yet. <laughs> I, I've had to go I to the bank twice. That I had never really heard Beskar referred to as steel before. So that's the first it, time it, that it I've makes heard no of it. sense. But hey, whatever. If it's if it's in the wiki, it's in the wiki. It, it just makes no sense. It's like saying I have diamond diamond. Yeah. You know, so, I have I have steel steel. Yeah. So that's that's what it was for those of you out there who were wondering if they, if it was based off of or is a real type of metal. It is apparently steel. Um, and this next one, this will be an easy one to close <laughs> it out for it, you. All right. Uh, on which planet would you find the town most Pelgo? <laughs> Tatooine, Nick. Correct. Tatooine. Yeah, there we it. go. Well, we I go. usually perform better. I mean, I know I still didn't miss any, but I had to go to the well twice, and that just makes me feel like a loser. But I will say that that best car question was bullshit. So that thank best you. Car one is tricky. Thank for you sure. for the clarification and the ruling from the man above. I appreciate it. We'll be back again next time. We don't have a bunch of topics to play the Matt Mando game. There we right. go. So yes, thank you for those of <laughs> best you car who, steal. What the fuck is that? Steel. Weird. We have All to right. uh, call up Dave Filoni on that. Is best car really steel? Tell me. I know you know. It just. <laughs> uh, oh, oh well, I'm not going to sit here and, and lose more life wondering about terms <laughs> from a fictional universe, but it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's That's like right. I've got, I've got gray steel. I've got blue steel. It's all fucking steel still. I thought Beskar was Beskar. Yeah, no, I I agree. All right. Okay, well, Nick, it is time to move episode 227 into the fan segment. That's right. You heard it correctly. The Star Wars Time Show dedicates a segment to its fans every single week. So come and get some. We are here for you. We just wish you were here for us. So there's two ways to get involved in the Star Wars Time Show fan segment. Up first, we do the question of the week, which gets posted on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show, typically Tuesday mornings in the stories and in the post feed. So uh, let's go ahead and check that out. All we ask you to do to get involved with the question of the week is to leave a comment, either respond to the story itself or go ahead and leave a comment on the post 
to let us know what you are thinking about said question. And this week's question was another banger, another one that got some thoughts flowing. And it was, just like Nick and I got to play, what character or what event do you want to see in Andor Season 1? Right. Okay. All right. You notice I just started taking full grabs of the stories now so we can have their names. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I I like when you read them better. Yeah. So a Star Wars toy story says Thrawn. After you guys brought that up last week, it makes perfect sense. I think it would be a great surprise since no one is expecting him until Ahsoka. And he's just my all time favorite. There you go. Great minds think alike. Thank you. A Star Wars toy story. But more importantly, Thank you for actually listening to this dumb shit and retaining some information. We speak. There you go. He remember. Yes. He (laughs) he remembered that we wanted it. Um, (laughs) I think, I think this person, uh, the star Wars, uh, like it's, what is it? The star Wars photographer. Photographer. He actually, he actually responded in both with both the same answer in the comments and the stories. So he says, Vader slaughtering innocent children. <laughs> I well, don't know. There's a well-adjusted individual right yeah. there, but we, we speak your name. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get that because it seems like all the kids he needed to kill may have been killed during the, the, the purge in yeah. Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, you know. that, And we saw him, he wiped out at least one in, in the Kenobi series. So maybe he's taking a break for now and hanging out. But Maybe he's got like a I, list I honestly, of kids stored that he like goes I, um, and he kills one every now and then. I don't think you get Vader at all in Andor, sadly. Yeah, Um, I agree with that. I think that will probably press Now I'll pull up your mega block here. My mega block. And you can see right in the middle of the mega block, the Star Wars photographer again. Star Wars photographer is all over the the, uh, murder of innocent children. He wants to see him. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, next up is the Onami collection. Onami collection on Instagram. He says, I'm kind of interested in seeing Maz Kanata's role. Huh? We, so it's interesting that he brings that up because I don't know. I mean, Maz Kanata is definitely alive. Like she's around clearly. But we, like, do we have any inkling that she has anything to do with this rebellion at this point? Like, no. Um, I mean, all I can tell you is literally in, in Han Solo and Chewbacca number five, which takes place before hell, it might, it honestly might be taking place right around the Andor timeline, to be honest with you, because it definitely takes place before a new hope. Um, but uh, Chewbacca gets thrown into prison and he gets put into a cell and Maz Kanata's in the cell. So, um, I don't. I don't remember her being a major player in the rebellion, but clearly she is one that believes in resistance. So uh, I, I'm not saying she wouldn't be involved in the early movements of rebel cells, yeah. but in terms of this, you know, Ami or O name, whatever the fuck this person's handle is just kind of saying like, this is implied going to happen. I don't know. I don't, unless she deals Intel out, I could see that. I mean, clearly someone like Maz running that castle, dealing with scoundrels and smugglers and bounty hunters would clearly be coming across information that could be of interest to someone like Cassian. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be too off base to see him stop by the castle either. Like knowing that it is this like 
yeah, kind den of, of hub. hive and you know scum yeah. and villainy. So yeah, so I that's mean, where you're gonna get so. the information. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't remember reading anything like guaranteeing that she is gonna be in it via leak or official. But her being in it would not be off base because, like we said, yeah. she's she's always been someone that resists. So yeah, she she has potential. Uh, Ripic Tan says, I'd like to see Jar Jar and I'd like to see the changes slash turmoil that the Senate and the, uh, its representatives go through from the inside. Jar Jar, Jar Jar is one of the ones where I'm not sure at this point where he's sitting. So I know that after the death of, uh, of Padme, his temporary Senate seat, I think was revoked because he was like acting as her representative within the Senate while she was like out. Um, But after her death, like that seat was no longer his. So I think at this point is like, he's, he's like the street performer, right? Like he's, he's, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I remember hearing something that, that this is canon that Jar Jar literally is almost like a, a homeless person on the street. Yeah. At the, at this point in time. And, I, I, you know, we don't want to see Jar Jar done like that. I, I do think there could be some redemption for Jar Jar. I know that sounds odd, uh, but done correctly, I do think there is a large group of fans that would love to see Jar Jar pop up again and, and not just be a buffoon. You know what I yeah. mean? So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know if Ripick's trying to be silly or if that's <laughs> legit, but I, I do. I think Jar Jar has. His fans and I'm not a Jar Jar oh, yeah. hater. I've never hated the character. Um, but I I'm with you. I don't I don't think he was ever officially in the Senate or stayed with the Senate much after Rots. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I yeah. I there you go. Bat Bat saying it. Apparently, in the aftermath books is where that popped up. Okay. Yeah. Which so are that, canon, I think. So yeah, after aftermath books are canon, and they take place pretty much. Well, after Jedi, yeah, they would be yeah, after, after Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Yeah, they so would be I after guess who knows? Who knows? Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he hasn't hit his 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 clown days yet. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so Star Wars toy uh, or photographer? We already got the Vader slaughtering right. innocent children. Uncanny figure says Kit Fisto. <laughs> this is just a I fuck mean, off one. <laughs> you you would have to see his dead body somewhere because Kit Fisto was killed in the uh, yeah. in uh, Palpatine Senate chamber. So. He has one of the weakest Jedi Master deaths of all time. It's him. Yeah. Who's the other idiot that just gets taken out willy nilly? Sacy Teen and Eth Koth, I think. Yeah, Eth like Koth gets ripped down. Those too, three yeah. bums just get waxed by yeah. by Twirly Two Sidious, like. <laughs> He makes like, he's like, he makes that crazy sound. Yeah. It's like some it's guttural screams, sound man. that would never come out of she Palpatine, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> 2797 Studios says, I'll go with R2 and 3PO. Not only would it continue their streak, but it would be a fun moment for the show. Maybe a little bit of a light moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, they, they would be with they would be with the Organas. We they got yeah. brief little cameos in the Kenobi series. Yeah. Um and they 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 essentially get stationed with Captain Antilles on the Tanti four, right? So Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like that was that was their last stopping point before they ended up with Luke on Tatooine was as essentially, I guess, you know, the protocol and the astromech right. droid of the Tanti four. 
So, I mean, they weren't even bail. The organists kicked them the fuck out of all the yeah, like, like, you, you two shitheads, get your memories wiped and go hang out on the Tantive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if they slid in somehow because they always seem to find their way into into like uh, content that's made around this era. Yeah, because uh, I mean, even R two has made it to the Mandoverse, right? So three PO is the only one who's not getting the love in in that yeah. era. Yeah. So. Maybe in Mando season three, we'll get a look at 3PO or something. Who knows? Um, all right. And then finally, Star Wars Black Series. Beskar Steel 3PO. Yes. Yeah, it's it's full Beskar Steel. He's got, he's reforged. <laughs> How sweet would that be, though? Like, if you had a full Beskar protocol droid, you know, you really could, like you said, he he would be the epitome of, of, of the, you know, a bullet sponge. You just yeah. roll him out there, you walk behind him as he's like, skittering across the floor and he's he's just a moving shield yeah you just stand behind him the whole time perfect i mean he he, he would make din Djarin look like a shitty bullet sponge that's right and we know we know he's one of the best but a full beskar 3po i mean he would be yeah. invincible essentially yeah if his whole body was made out of beskar there's nobody that's <laughs> fucking shooting through that he would he wouldn't right. even need his own guns because he could just use the reflecting bolts off yeah. of his armor you just be like blah, 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 <laughs> oh my gosh oh, boy Man, that would be great um, help. <laughs> all right last one star wars black series clip says outside of the ones already shown i'd like to see director krennic or tarkin if they can pull it there off go. he's right in line with you then yeah, he's he's on my team. He says even a small cameo would be great. So yes, and, and I, that, I, I think that's all we're asking for. I mean, yeah. I, I still want Andor to be about Andor, Andor <laughs> the Rebel Alliance, and new characters. I don't want all these these cameos to be big or to take away from the story. But I do want little hits, even if it's conversations, passing conversation, hollow projections. That all works. Right. Yeah. So. Good okay. stuff there from all of our respondents. Thank you for taking the time. If you want to get involved in the question of the week, check our Instagram page on Thursday mornings. That's when they go up and you can just drop your response on the either stories or the regular post. There you go. That's um, right. Bad just reminded me that that would truly be the Rampo. Remember when we created Rampo? When, when we thought that C-3PO was going to be wielding bowcasters and whatnot in the Rise of Skywalker, which he did, but he, he wasn't fighting with them. So that is correct. If, if we got full Beskar 3PO, he would be the embodiment of Rampo, the murder yeah. droid for hire. That's, that's very true. <laughs> okay. Well, as Nick said, we just finished the first bit of our fan segment, Question of the Week, and now we will move into the second opportunity for fans to get involved in the live stream or just our regular recorded podcast and that is through our fan artist features that's right we feature five star wars artists a week and this all starts on instagram so if you have an instagram and you like to make star wars art of any kind it could be toys it could be traditional real ass paint it could be you know we've we've thrown it out there a few times you you could do bathroom art whatever you want to do all you got to do is use hashtag Star Wars Time Show and tag at Star Wars Time Show. Throughout the week, I will feature those posts using the tags on our page. And then every Monday, Nick sits down, contemplates life, thinks about his next big moves, and then picks 
the latest round of top five Star Wars artists to feature, which we're about to do right now for artists that posted in between 815 and 822. So, Nick, take it away. All right. First up in this week's top five is at Matea underscore toy underscore photography on Instagram. And he actually put out a couple of pieces of Jedi Finn and they they looked pretty fucking cool. So uh, the one that I picked here for the for the top five feature is kind of Finn with the with the blue Skywalker family blade ignited behind him in almost like a superhero landing pose. He's got one hand on the ground, one leg kind oh, of. Oh yeah, he, he's totally out. doing a, a modified cool. Black Widow. Yeah, but um, it's just something. It was. It's one of those things that it's like one of those fan fan moments that we always wish we got to see was was really Finn embracing like what we now know as his force sensitivity yeah. and like being a little bit more. Hey, we we got Jedi back role. to it in the last movie for like a line. Yeah. For like two and a half seconds. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, I think that Matea is like putting in his desires for Finn's force affinity and training into his photography. And, and this shot came out incredible. I yeah, love the I, sand I, 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 kick up there too. It's awesome. It Perfect. is a great shot. And really, as Nick said, Matea did a series with this figure. And and honestly, Nick, looking at these pictures, I'm really kicking myself for not getting into the hot toys back with TFA, because this Finn figure is phenomenal. It oh, looks nice. like a miniature John Boyega. I, I mean, it is it is the tits. It's perfect. It is one of the best looking Star Wars Hot Toys figures I've ever seen. Now, with that being said, Matea obviously brought it to life with fantastic shots. And the one Nick picked is is great. Uh, it reminds me of the good old days when I'd get out there, natural light, throw up a black backdrop. So, you know, you, you got some contrast going on and then, you know, just just get some canned air or drain cleaners and start spraying up particles and see what you get. And Matea underscore toy photography got some fantastic shots of this excellent Hot Toys fin. I need to find them, but most Hot Toys, they're, they're only made until they're, they're gone, and then they're gone, and then the value goes up. So that's why I still don't feel bad collecting Hot Toys. But it's hard to get uh, figures that are done, and you can only get yeah. from other fans for a decent price. But this one's sure. great, so... Kudos to Matea Toy Photography. Great work with Hot Toys Finn from TFA. Yes, indeed. All right. Next up on the IG is at Brick Panda 82. And what we have, if you know Brick Panda's work, he is oh, they're, a they're, they're a resident in the top five, period. Like, yeah. it, it, you can almost guarantee this, it. If, if, if this dude's posting Lego Star Wars shots, I'm going to feature them, and Nick's probably going to pick one for top five. So He is like... So good. He's so good, along with all of our other incredible Lego photographers like Tong Wars and Zero Eight Seven, you know, AR that you know Ray as well. But Brick Panda with this one did a scene recreation from Kenobi, where we see our good friend Darth Vader while he is force choking and dragging Kenobi above the flames. Uh, that, that famous scene where he really gets the best of Kenobi and, and eventually drags him through the fire to make him revenge feel, porn for Darth yeah, Vader. Exactly. Make him feel his pain. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know how he did. I mean, like just 
Brick Panda 82 is a magician when it comes to Lego toy photography. And, and you this know looks what, man? absolutely incredible. They actually sent me the BTS. It's like we're guaranteed to get BTS if they get put into the top five. Nice. Uh, so Brick Panda sent it over. I was trying to f- pull up our messages. It was taking up too much screen time. But this is another full practical setup. Obviously, the flames are added in in post, but... Um, just used some, I don't know if it's kinetic sand or gravel, but the, all the orange lighting is literally from a smartphone screen. That's it. So, I mean, that is, and the little Kenobi is being held in place by like a little figure arm that a lot of us have, have used to make figures look like they're jumping, floating, running, whatever. But yeah, that's it. I mean, a pretty simple setup, but it's just the, the quality of finish that brick Panda 82 always uses. And we've said this before they make their photos look like stills from professionally made Lego Star Wars animation projects. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, th- th- yeah. this could be coming from the next animated Lego Star Wars project hitting Disney Plus in December. I mean, it's just, it's top notch. 100%. So at Brick Panda 82 on IG, make sure to give them a follow. Uh, next up in the top <laughs> five <laughs> is at. Teradium on Instagram. That's T E R R A D I U M. And we see a, a stormtrooper shift change happening here. So basically, you see guys, you see a, 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 a little cadre of stormtroopers coming down the escalator. Then you see one going up the escalator on the other side. They're kind of giving each other the wave like, hey, good luck out there. Our shift is finished. You guys, this is what you got to deal with. So have fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, see, I'm I'm with you. I, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this is just a, the the shift change on the Death Star or something. But if you read <laughs> um, Tara Diem's initial caption, apparently this is like a a Comic Con. Okay, you know, like so this for, is okay, a Trooper so Comic Con or whatever. Yeah. So that's <laughs> but, why but you either have way, so many different eras of troopers represented here. Yeah. Either way, I'm 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 with you. I kind of I I that that was the story that this image told me was this. These are troopers changing shifts and you know be early on because you got you got some tks mixed in with some clones uh but as nick said you got the one group leaving the other one coming we we've seen this before even you know world war ii where you're refreshing a battalion you'll see all the guys that have been on the front walking back to to get some relief to get some time off where all the fresh troops are coming in and it's like you're essentially seeing the walking dead coming at you as you're all clean and ready to go and you're starting to realize like, oh shit, what am I about to get into? Yeah, I think right. one of the best examples of this is in Band of Brothers where they're, it's up to the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. And you, yep. you have the, the, the frontliners coming off and then our boys and Easy Company going on and they're all just looking at them like, oh, you shit. guys don't even know what the fuck you're about to get into. Good luck yeah. if you live. So... Um, but hey, either way, that's why this hobby is so much fun. Everyone can subjectively glean whatever story they want. So Nick and I went with a shift change for the Empire's forces where um, Terra Diem, the creator of this, I, I believe, positioned it as a as a con event yeah. in, in cosplaying. But either way, it's a fantastic setup, getting all these little dickheads on those um, steps to represent an escalator. It, it's just it's a fun shot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So at... Teradium, Teradium, T-E-R-R-A-D-I-U-M on Instagram. Make sure to go give them a follow. Uh, next up in the top five is at Imperial underscore troops underscore optics. He's always got some high quality stuff here. And what we see is Lord Vader. 
This is right. pre uh, pre metal body, pre uh, more machine than man. This is when he first became Vader. So still the fresh faced Anakin and his five hundred one troops flanking him as he is talking with his new master over a hollow recording. Um, I mean, a lot of it like the. This figure of Anakin is just like incredibly detailed, and it's and a great figure. It's a, it's the hot it's, toys. I, I have this one too. I don't have the the Sith eyes version, but yeah, uh, y- you're not wrong. He it looks like Imperial troops optics slid in his mechanical hand. That was a nice little touch. Uh, but for me, Nick, it's it it is it's the pose and just that slight yeah lifting of the hood maneuver. Exactly. That kind of seals this shot for me. It's like, all right, I, I got you, boss. We're headed to the temple right now. Let me get my hood up so we can go as, uh, was that Star Wars toy photographer once? Uh, we can go slaughter some innocent <laughs> slaughter children. Some innocent children, exactly. Uh, He's yeah, all the way. You know, you can even see just the the evilness in, in Anakin's face at this point in time. Yeah. Like how he's already become the just this Lord Vader character versus the Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one. You exactly. are my brother, Anakin, that guy. So no, it's, it's a quality shot. I mean, Imperial yeah. troops optics is, it seems they're getting into some one, six scale. They also do fantastic mega one twelve scale shots. So good, good account to check out if you're into this shit. 100% at Imperial underscore troops, underscore optics on the IG. And then to Close out the top five for this. Now, did you remember what I what I said last week or did you naturally just go, holy fuck, look at this? I remember that you said something about Black Series last week. I put a bug in your ear for sure. I'm like, but like when I go through like because I just go through the feed like I like I don't like I'd look at like our block of images. So I don't see the names associated with them when I pick them. So like I clicked it and then when I opened it and I saw the full image. I was like, oh, okay, this is the one that Matt was talking about. It's obscene, dude. It's obscene. It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) So this is from at Black Series at BLKSRS on Instagram. Um, And it is an absolutely, like, just picture-perfect shot of of Queen Amidala uh, when she's in her, her castle, her Naboo castle, and she's standing in front of, like, this huge picture window yeah. And you get this incredible light that's shining through, casting shadow onto her. Um, and it's just like this very poignant moment of probably, I mean, like from like the way that I'm it, thinking about it is like, this is the moment where she sees the trade federation coming yeah, no, down. Dude, you're, and, you're, and you're spot on. You're hundred percent correct. This is an actual still yeah. from the movie. Like this is an actual shot that George himself set up. Um, so if you, Nick did a good job, if you remember, she's in her red crazy queen outfit and she's standing at that window looking all glum because her planet is being taken over by the trade federation. Now at black series fully and practically recreated this shot. And when I say practically, like I'm talking the fucking pillars of Naboo castle, those, those, uh, floor to ceiling windows that you saw in the movie. Built all the shit practically. There, there's nothing digital in this shot outside of maybe enhancing the glowy balls on her dress. The, 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 the figure itself, Nick, that is the Queen Amidala Christmas ornament, I believe, from Hallmark. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> it, it's just, as I said in the caption when we featured this Black Series shot, 
this Black Series toy photo could be the greatest of all time. And I, I'm yeah. sticking to it. This is, in my opinion, the greatest toy picture I've ever seen. And it's, it's actually very, it looks simple. But what he had to do for the setup and, and, and planning it and then executing it to get the, the, the perfect shadows coming in through the windows, it, it's mind boggling. It's, it's insane. And, and like to know, like it's this incredible toy photography image. That's not even a toy. It's a Christmas ornament. Yeah, it's a like fucking that, ornament. That it's, it's wild. I mean, Zay has like always been one of the best and one of like the, the, the leaders in this, this space. But I mean, like to, to do what he did with this and like the, the behind the scenes shows you every, like it shows you him at like Home oh, yeah. Depot or hardware store buying the little pieces that he needs. It shows you the full construction other side of the, of the windows to see what he did to put it together. I mean, it's, it's just like a it's, next it's, level it's, build, it's nuts, man. Well, I yeah, mean, that, that's I, why he's, he does what he does. That's why he gets invited by the LA galaxy to create posters to give out at uh, professional soccer events. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, just look at this shot. It's ridiculous. And you should go check out the BTS if you haven't, because you look at this and you're like, fuck, did, did he like go to, ILM and get the old model of Nabu Castle? No, he fucking recreated a chunk of it with supplies that he either found hanging around his house or that you could get at Home Depot for like a dollar. Yep. It's just, yep. It's just wild. Like the, the mind on this man, it's not even like, oh, it's a scene recreation. So you'd be like, oh, you know, that's not that creative. It, the creative aspect is how his mind was able to look at the scene in the movie and then go, I need to do a, B, C, D, E to recreate this. That it's, it's wild. So yeah, like hand built pillars, like he, he cut out like marble <laughs> slabs. Like this is all like, like we've seen Digiramas. We've seen like other, yeah. other like dioramas that you can like buy and put together. Like Zay went out and bought, yeah chunks of marble and had it cut to the exact dimensions that he needed he made these pillars out of nothing out of like pieces of wallpaper and and metal tubes like it it's insane the amount of of detail and work that he put into this i mean he's he's the bob vila of toy photography builds (laughs) there's no doubt about it it. the way he can just take simple items that you would look at and most of us would probably just throw out and turn them into props for toy photography that look like real world buildings and, you know, furnishings like Nick's talking about. It's just, it's absolutely wild. So, um, while I don't think this would make a great looking tattoo, I I do feel like I, I I should mutilate my body in honor of the, (laughs) the excellence that this shot exudes here from at BLK SRS. I mean, he doesn't need us to fucking talk about him or, or whatnot he's in with with uh what's his name rexing around a, a popular star wars cast but we we love him we appreciate him and and when you see shots like this it's 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 hard not to want to quit toy photography if you're in it so right this Beautiful is why work. i don't feel bad not shooting toys right now because i could never <laughs> do this <laughs> one day one day next next con you go to you have to go to the the next uh sir dork toy photography or toy photography con get some stuff there get back I in i'll tell you I, I he he like i said for the first one he was going to give us our own little booth and table and whatever we wanted to do so if it lines up maybe maybe 
toy co- toys in action too. You never know. Maybe toys in action too. We we might be able to make it out there. But that's because as that's you know, end. Nick, as you know, Nick, as they tell yes. us, we do a lot for the toy community. It's just we have heard that. We have heard that. I'm glad that that we can be a a, a beacon of uh, of positivity and hope for the just be a, just be a beacon for the SWTS every once that's in a while. Right. That's, that's all right. I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Light man. Light the flares. It's it's time, isn't it? It's that time. It is right? time. It's the okay. end of the top five. It's the end of the show, and it's time for Matt to take us home. That's right. I'll try to end this one better than last week. I did not like my ending last <laughs> week. Too, too too many pauses. Too much thinking. Too much begging and pleading. But you got to do it at some point in time. I'm not going to go stand on a street with my hand out asking people to check out the Star Wars Time Show. That's that's what the show's for. It, it's not only to entertain, but hopefully to gain some new listeners. And if you are new, we want to hear from you. Either join into the live stream on Tuesdays, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, uh, 2.30 p. East. Drop some comments, join in the fun if you can. Or send us an email through one of our social platforms. Or where I'm going to tell you about next. The end-all, be-all destination for the Star Wars Time Show. And that is StarWarsTime.net. So that's how you can interact with us. Start doing us. Let us know how are we doing. Are we reaching? Are we connecting with you? Or are we not? We need to know. Numbers go up. Numbers go down. Numbers go up, up, up. Numbers go down, down, down. It's very hard to tell. what this show is doing anymore in terms of an audience. But we know we got the loyal fandos in the live stream. We love you and we speak all of your names. Just don't forget to keep stumping. StarWarsTime.net. That's where you send the noobs. That's where they can find all the links to the podcast platforms and, of course, our YouTube channel. And if you do happen to sub to the show on any of the platforms, do what you got to do to help us out. Feed the AI overlords. Like comment rate review share thumbs up i think that covers all the different ways you can interact with our content on social platforms and also don't forget about the short form content for those of you that have the attention span of a gnat we have also embraced that you can catch them on tiktok instagram reels everyone's favorite and of course youtube shorts All right, my friends, there is always time for Star Wars time. Don't you ever forget it. Keep spreading that word. Keep duping new people into eating up their Tuesday afternoons, checking out the Star Wars time show on a weekly basis. Because you all know it. We know it. We tell you every week. But if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.